morning and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing. Up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Keystone Agricultural Producers General Manager Brenda Mahoney. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers will be hosting its annual meeting virtually this year, January 25th and 26th. Here with the details is General Manager Brenna Mahoney. You know what, Corey, this is a really exciting year for us. Um, you know, obviously with uh, being really tough with the drought and not being able to get together in person and, and all of that. So we wanted to really make sure that we were having a dynamic agenda this year. Um, it'll still be virtual. Um, that's just because of the, the current uh, state of things in, in the province of Manitoba. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be a great event. So the 38th annual meeting will be held from January 25th to January 26th. Um, that can be for delegates, observers. We want media to be there. You're all welcome to attend. Um, you can register by visiting cap.ca. Um, so the agenda will be coming out later this week, but just to give everybody a flavor of what to expect about what is going to be different this year, we're going to have actually some panels. So the two panels that we're going to be having, one will be on the environment, and along with that environment panel, you're going to be hearing from a few different uh, people um, with individual presentations as well. So we really want it to be a fulsome discussion, and that's where that engagement with our audience is going to be so important. This isn't just a sit back and, and listen. This is we want to hear from you. You know, that's why we're having the panel. The secondary panel that we'll be having, which will be on the second day, that'll be really great as well. It's about farm safety. Now, CAP's been involved in farm safety for many, many years, but it's really, really important that we understand why CAP is involved in farm safety and why it matters to our producers here in Manitoba. You know, this is really about reducing regulatory oversight and reducing risk for producers when it comes to farm safety. And we're going to be hearing from a lot of people who are involved, everything from the Disabled Farmers Association, as well as mental health, that all plays a role in farm safety, all the way to through to the legislative side as well. So yet again, a fulsome discussion to understand why is this, why is this important to me and my farm, and how do I participate in safety? And that's a really key message here that we want to give. We're also going to be having MNP come and speak about contracts, which we know is going to be a really hot topic. Um, so overall, Corey, I think our goal is just to make sure that this is an engaging session over two days, um, that our producers and media and our delegates and everyone who's able to participate is able to get something and leave with something. Um, and that's going to be really critical to, um, to the success of this event. I assume a number of uh, resolutions will be discussed as well. Yeah, we're going to be having resolutions as well, and that's a key aspect. We're also having the elections for our president and vice president. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we want to instill as well through this dialogue and something that I'm going to be talking a lot about is the role of CAP in the future and how do we be nimble and how do we be responsive to the issues of the day. And I think it's to demonstrate that, you know, Resolutions are critical to that grassroots engagement, but CAP as an organization has to be proactive and has to be using foresight when looking at the challenges ahead. And I'll give the drought as an example, right? You know, that is something that we had to respond to as an organization. 
So we're going to continue to demonstrate to our producers the work that we are doing, re-engaging with that membership, and then hearing from them through the resolution process what's important to them and something that they would like CAP to focus on. So we'll absolutely make space for that. The banquet has also been cancelled. I guess just talk a little bit about, it must be a little bit disappointing just to to not be able to, you know, meet in person this year. You know, Corey, as I started off, this has been a tough couple of years, and not meeting in person is really difficult. And I think the isolation that producers feel um, every day on their farm, the opportunity to come together um, yet again has been um, squashed, as I'll say. Um, but that's, you know, we have to ensure that we're creating engaging events that work on a manageable time schedule um, for those producers, that it still provides meaningful information. And we are going to work as CAP on ensuring that as soon as we can to look at what can we do within the district in person, how can we bring people together in the future. Um, we know this is a priority and everyone is getting itchy to to get together again, but it's just, it's a, it's a difficult decision as an organization, but uh, we're not alone in that decision-making process. And so we're, we're, it is disappointing. And we actually, one of the things I didn't mention, we're having Clara Hughes as our keynote speaker. And so that's, that's going to be a really important message that we want to leave with farmers. It's a message she carries about the importance of mental health. And part of that mental health is that socialization and getting together and being around your peers. So we know how critical it is. So we're going to work for the future and keep focused on future opportunities to get together. But for this meeting, it will be virtual. I think one of the most important messages here, Corey, is that, you know, we're really about showing value to the people who are our members um, and beyond. And we're really looking for feedback from those members and from those key players here in the province about what CAP can do, what what would they like to hear from CAP, um, especially with future sessions. So, you know, that's going to be part of the aspect of this event as well, is we want to hear from our grassroots. Um, this is really about reigniting with those grassroots and connecting, even if we can't in person. So we're really looking forward to that opportunity and, uh, and, and future opportunities to hear from everybody as well. And we really hope that they like what uh, we've put together for this year. That was Brenda Mahoney. She's the general manager with Keystone Agricultural Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. International reaction is growing after a case of a typical BSE was found in an older cow in central Alberta last month. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association's executive vice president, Dennis Laycraft, says it shows our surveillance system is working. He says almost anywhere in the world you'll eventually find in a typical case occur spontaneously. The OIE very specifically indicates it's different. When you find an atypical case, it does not affect your status at all. And really, countries should not impose any any restrictions or suspensions. But we're still living with some previous rules where a few suspensions, usually very for a short period of time, take place. South Korea suspended its quarantine inspections of Canadian beef while China and the Philippines are also looking for more information on the case and have suspended imports. Manitoba Canola Growers is in the process of establishing a canola on-farm research program that will launch a pilot program in the 2022 growing season. Here is Research Manager Amy Marge. 
testing some of the research that we've funded in small plot research or greenhouse research and taking some of the results from those and testing it on farms in Manitoba across a lot of different areas of the province, different soil types, with different farms, with different equipment. And the Canadian Agri-Food Sustainability Initiative is a collaboration of Canadian agri-food sector industry leaders in sustainability. Mary Robinson is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, which is leading the development of the CASI platform. CASI, as it's called, is all about coming up with a, a national unified collaborative voice across the entire food sector. We know that there There certainly are uh, different examples of um, standards that we all have to to meet up with in in agriculture. So CASI is trying to become, offer a portal. The CASI Industry Engagement Report provides opportunities for next steps for the platform development and engagement activities from summer 2021 to spring of 2023. The report summarizes what was heard from 129 agri-food sector stakeholders from across Canada. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, January 11th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing. Joining us now is Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing Services to give us a hog market update. So for contract prices... Um Kind of leading up to the uh, to the new year, we're performing fairly well. Um, they, you know, they easily broke into two hundred dollars uh, per pig, and actually, uh, summer months were were trading up as close to two hundred and fifty dollars per pig. Um, but just in the last uh, three or four days, we've seen some pressure uh, coming on really all of the uh, the forward contract prices by virtue of the of the futures dropping. And uh, they've, you know, they've come off of their highs for sure. But overall, um, I, I think the, the longer term view is that uh, hog prices are going to stay up fairly, fairly strong, mainly because of a tight supply. Um, there's, there's supply concerns uh, both in the short term and the long term. And, um, and, and that's what's driving, you know, some of these prices that are, are quite high. From a historical perspective, on the other hand, um, you know the the margins aren't that great, even with these record high prices or near record prices, uh, simply because uh, feed prices are so so extremely high. And what about um, U.S. cash prices? So that's um, kind of an interesting scenario. We're we're seeing uh, again another round of influence from from covid um we're seeing uh several plants that are really struggling to uh to keep the their labor force um uh, going at full capacity uh there's a really unprecedented sick leave that's that's happening um exceeding you know at a really um level seen previously in the pandemic um and so that's uh that's actually a, a force that's that's being seen on the on the cash market side. Now, while hog supplies are down and pork pork supplies in storage are are down pretty sharply, um, it's not really. I mean, that's in part due to the fact that we we just were dealing with tighter supplies, but now we're seeing um, fairly widespread 
reductions in processing speeds because of those labor challenges, and uh, and that's going to be you know driving and influencing the market going forward. That could have the effect of driving hog prices lower and um, and influencing uh, pork prices, the the pork cutout, for example, higher. Anything uh, else to highlight this week, Tyler? No, just uh, still seems like we're in a state of flux. And um, but overall, I think the the low supplies do influence um, the markets to, to to result in some decent prices. That was Tyler Fulton with Hams Marketing Services giving us a hog market update. For some cattle producers, calving operations are underway. A unique birth was recorded last week at Borderland Cattle Company near Rock Glen, Saskatchewan. Borderland is owned by Glenn Wendy and Wyatt Ching. Glendalee Allen Wasser talked with Glenn about what is an extremely rare birth. Well, on the uh, the morning of the 4th, we had a 15-year-old uh, Angus cow give birth to a set of twins which was unusual and surprising for a cow that age to be able to carry twins, let alone carry them full term and that. And uh, then on the 7th, the afternoon of the 7th, she had a third calf. And then early in the evening, about two hours later, she had a fourth calf, which from my understanding is a 11.2 million to one chance of this happening. Did the cow require any assistance? The calves were all born sight unseen, unassisted, and uh, the cow is doing really well for what she's went through. She's lost some body conditioning, but we're giving her fairly heavy supplements, and and, uh, the calves are all healthy and bouncing around and doing great. Did she have a history of, of having twins in the past? No, she's never had a set of twins before, to my knowledge. We went back and looked through her calving records and that, and she's never had a set of twins. Let's talk a, a little bit about trying to manage this now. We are uh, subsidizing the calves, and we're looking at uh, putting some of the calves on nurse cows, adopting them out. We won't leave the, the calves on her just because she's too old, and uh, she won't be able to take enough nutrients in to be able to keep up with these four calves. So I think for her sake, we're going to, um, you know, put some on a nurse calf or adopt some of them out. You know, I've had a couple of people contact me about possibly, um, you know, buying some of the calves and adopting them. They've got cows that have lost calves or whatever, and we kind of talked about it, and I decided it's so unique. I would really like to see these calves grow up here and see what they look like this fall. We've never even had a set of triplets. We've had twins, you know, typically every year we'll get a few sets of twins, and some years we get more than others, but uh, never anything like this. And I had never heard of it until, uh, um, I think it was 2019, there was a set of of quadruplets uh, born in Alberta. In talking to vets and everything about this, what have you learned as far as how this could have occurred? It's my understanding that uh, from talking to different people, there's there's a few different ways that this situation, I guess, occurred. And one of the ways that I think uh, it's my understanding, one set was in uh, one ambratic fluid, 
split, fed by one placenta and the other set of calves were in a different embryonic sac fed from a different placenta. So when the first set came out, the other two were still all attached in their own little world inside the uterus and, you know, stayed for another four days until they were ready to come out. So, Glenn says the calves weighed in at 64, 60, 70, and 72 pounds. It's a unique and rather unusual story, a 15-year-old cow at the Borderland Cattle Company having quadruplets. Glenn, Wendy, and Wyatt own and operate Borderland Cattle Company out of Rock Glen. For Golden Last, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will be held online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association will be hosting a Stock Talk webinar January 13th at 1 p.m. Register on the MFGA website. Manitoba Ag Days in Brandon has been postponed. New dates will be determined. Keystone Agricultural Producers has moved its 38th annual meeting to a virtual format January 25th and 26th. Visit the CAP website for details. And Manitoba Forage Seed is going virtual January 26th and 27th. Visit their website for a list of agenda items and to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, Keystone Agricultural Producers has made six recommendations for the province as it prepares its 2022 budget. We talked about three last week. Back here again is President Bill Campbell to continue the conversation talking about agriculture in the classroom. Well, CAP has long been a supporter of Ag in the Classroom, and I think that uh, with an enhanced focus that uh, Ag in the Classroom could be a vehicle to help uh, bring about more public trust in agriculture. And I think that getting to the classroom and to the youth and uh, bringing a, uh, a strategy and a messaging that agriculture is important in their everyday lives, uh, there is a role for them to play, you know, as they find jobs um, and as they have that uh, um, that model of uh, as consumers, uh, you know, to get that right messaging. And we certainly believe that uh, programs like Ag in the Classroom are one of the of the very fine features that would help bring about this public trust in agriculture. The uh, final recommendation um, had to do with carbon pricing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, once again, we want to ensure that we're, we're working with our partners and the sector and the, uh, and the governments on the ongoing conversation with regards to carbon pricing in Manitoba. We want to ensure that the exemption is there for drying grain and the heating of barns. Um, we've long advocated for that part. We think that that is a, a vital role in food production. Um, and uh, so we, we want to ensure that we bring that messaging forward. And I think there has been some consideration for those uh, exemptions uh, with regards to carbon pricing. Um, you know, uh, we only need to look outside today and understand that we live in a, uh, a cold climate. And how do we ensure that we have the ability to provide uh, food and have food security 
and public safety in this uh, in this environment. So once again, we just you know want to be at the table while these discussions are taking place uh, with regards to carbon pricing. You know, as we we entered into 2022, and uh, um, you know the uh, processes, um, you know whether they be individual, industry, or government, uh, looking forward with regards to a budget and a plan moving forward. And so um, we have uh, submitted our recommendations as an industry with regards to this part. And, uh, you know, we need a fiscal plan moving forward, like I said, even on our own farms. And uh, so it is, it, uh, I think that as we um, survey all the circumstances as, as an industry, we are going to be uh, vulnerable to a lot of, moving parts with regards to our increased uh, inputs this particular year. So we're um, looking for some stability and some uh, type of focus with regards to what the, the Manitoba government's fiscal plan is for 2022. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Canola Growers is in the process of establishing a canola on-farm research program that will launch a pilot program in the 2022 growing season. Here is research manager Amy Manger. The research questions that we're probably going to start with are going to be pretty simple, but still big questions in canola production. So things like stand establishment, just a simple seeding rate question, as well as nitrogen rates. So how much nitrogen are we needed and how much and how does that translate to nitrogen uptake or nitrogen use efficiency for on-farm production practices? Other questions that we're hoping to look at also are things like planter versus drill for canola, as well as hopefully in the future be able to do some variable rate or precision egg evaluation of profitability of some of those practices. The Canadian Agri-Food Sustainability Initiative's Industry Engagement Report provides opportunities for next steps for the platform development and engagement activities from summer 2021 to spring of 2023. The report summarizes what was heard from 129 agri-food sector stakeholders from across Canada. Cassie will be developing an online platform to serve as a hub for sustainability programming in the Canadian agri-food sector. Mary Robinson is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, which is leading the development of the CASI platform. At the end of the day, for a producer, for example, it would mean um, hopefully less kind of paperwork burden. Uh, it, it would take everything in aggregated, so different programs that you might you might already be uh, you know logging information uh, in regard to manure handling or or water or. Uh, pesticide storage, all of those things. You, you probably, producers are already supplying that information to a few different uh, facets. So the idea is to kind of bring that all together and offer a hub. And the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship is returning this year. It will include six scholarships of $4,000 each for post-secondary studies in any des- discipline, plus $1,000 for each of the winner's high schools. G3 presents the scholarship in partnership with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada, All the applicants' videos will be posted on the scholarship website where visitors can vote for their favorite. The scholarship is available across Canada, excluding Quebec. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show... We'll hear from FCC economist J.P. Gervais. 
Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.